Welcome to BizBytes, brought to you by Com Together, helping businesses like yours build their brand through telling amazing stories to engage and grow audiences on multiple platforms. Well, hello everyone, and welcome to another episode of BizBytes. And today I have a guest who I'm going to be very careful in saying it's it's Gerard. Uh, thank you for joining us. And Gerard, do you want to start off as we do with all of our guests and introduce yourself? G'day, Anthony, and thank you, thank you very much. Um, yeah, my name's my name's Gerard. Uh, I'm from Brevier Advisory, and and what we do at Brevier Advisory is is quite simple, honestly. We we fill a gap that people probably don't realise that they have. Um, I'm a chartered accountant by trade. Uh, was did was in the tax game for about ten years, and realised as soon as I I owned my first business that there's this there's this gap where accountants accountants expertise kind of end, but they also get caught up in the world of lodging tax returns. I mean, it's 15 in May, just a few days ago, right? And and really, business owners need a lot more help than that, right? And that's that comes down to a few key reasons. Uh, the marketplace is just incredibly more competitive than it has ever been before right but also the demands of the business owner in that competitive environment are, are becoming greater and and that could be across software and not and not just you know financial needs or all the operations of the business so I I define myself as a financial strategist which ultimately is the intersection between business strategy right and financial strategy. So taking the operational plan of a business, right, and then putting it into a financial format that gives, gives business owners um, a lot more certainty about their financial, uh, financial future, but also to de-risk their business. That, in a nutshell, is what we do at Bravura. Really interesting. And I, I love that um, talk about the, the intersection there at the end. It's, uh, it's fascinating because one of the things that I've often found in dealing with a lot of businesses is they come and they ask for a marketing strategy and yet the business and financial strategy is not in place and the marketing strategy should only ever support the business strategy. It should never lead it. And uh, too often that can be the case. And so how do you find that in sort of, if you talk about that intersection, how do you manage that in what, what leads what? Anthony, I mean, you've, you've touched on the one of the core fundamentals of, of what we do at Bravura and and what do I do when I'm when I'm faced with those situations? Look, it's it's all too common where I have to start with the business strategy first, and we're and we're really going back to basics. Even if it's a, a business that's been around for ten years and they're quite successful and they know their market, you know, industry and geographically and all that kind of stuff, but they've never really materialized, let's say on the, on the profit perspective or whatever. A lot of the time we have to go back to basics and we're redoing a business plan because fundamentally it's, it's all up here with the, the patriarch of the business or so sometimes the matriarch of the business or whatever the case may be. Right. But it's, it's, it's just there and that's the only place that it exists. So being able to communicate that across, you know, all their staff and, and to, you know, external advisors and things like that is really challenging. Plus, Whatever day of the week you get them on, it, it it varies naturally. So you can you can rush into a business and and they come to you with the with the problem, let's say, of um, you know profits just have never materialized, or you know we're facing a few key supplier risks or something like that, and and we want to know how to make our business more robust, let's say. So it's it's really a financially framed question, 
Um, and then you delve a little bit deeper and you're trying to understand more and more about the business and, and who their key uh, market is, who they sell to, all those kinds of things, the intricacies of how the team work and all that. And it's and every time you have to ask that patriarch the question because there is no place or thing elsewhere that you can really rely on to get that kind of information. So we started the business plan purely because that just creates, I mean, the accountability element of having a written business plan is fantastic, but also it gets clarity for, for an external like myself to come in and be able to go, okay, that is that is the rule book. That is the roadmap, right? That is, that is what's going to happen for this business over the next five years, let's say, right? Then I can build a financial framework out of that. It, it always must start with the business plan that, you know, solves a broader problem, much like, you know, uh, your example, you can't start with a marketing plan. The marketers need to know what problem you solve, right? And ultimately that comes from the business plan. So once you've got that, they can go to the marketers and say, yeah, this is what we're doing. They can go to the uh, to the financial strategists and go, let's build a model around a successful commercialization of this problem slash solution. Yeah. And it's, and you're right. And, uh, it's it also enables you to go one step deeper which is what i want to do with you actually and uh um is is the stories that are behind those businesses are what ultimately helps you engage audiences and it's what i like to do in, in as part of the podcast uh, is really find out what what makes the people that we've got on the program tick a little bit more so i'm interested in in um how you got to where you are uh what was the dream when you were maybe high school or younger, where was it that you wanted to go originally? Anthony, I've up until recently, I never really had an appreciation for how meaningful this was. And, and that was part of the reason why I wanted to speak to you today, because when I did realise how, how meaningful it was, I mean, completely subconsciously, but now consciously that, um, I mean, it wasn't really a point in time for me that, that, uh, made me made me realize that this was the thing that I wanted to do or, or why. Um, but when I did a bit of soul searching, I mean, I, I was fortunate enough to grow up in a in a um, self employed household, and it wasn't just one business; it was a few businesses, right? Over the years, that in itself creates this incredible environment where the dinner table is 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 problem-solving territory, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, every single day it's something new, right? I'm, I'm sure you experienced this, right? And and that I really enjoyed. Um, it's it's less about, it was more about this collective problem-solving ability and, and things like that, but also trials and tribulations, successes and things like that, that ultimately subconsciously at the time landed me in, in accounting and finance, right? Uh, because I obviously just liked being around business. Um, but it wasn't until... Uh, honestly, probably a few years ago where I realized that it was so much more fundamental to me and why I wanted to continue to help people because having having 25 years, let's say, right, since well, I could really comprehend what was going on at the, at the dinner table, having 25 years of experience made me realize that there was a lot of learning in that time that I could impart on people that had just started a business, let's say, even 10 years ago or, or five years ago or sooner, right? And, and if I could do that, then it saves them I mean, everyone makes their own mistakes kind of thing, but ultimately if that can save them one of those roadblocks, one of those obstacles, right, or at least provide the solution faster, that's a space that I really want to be in. So I realise it's a massive cliche that to say that you, I really enjoy helping people, but that fundamentally is, is what drives me. Um, and the fact that business is the way that I want to do that or I, I enjoy doing that, that's, that's just a win for me. 
Yeah, and obviously that goes back to the dinner table conversations, doesn't it? If you were problem solving at the dinner table, to say that um, my my dad, who was a pharmacist, and I've related that before on the on the program. But uh, one of the things we used to joke about was how many sales reps did he throw out of the pharmacy today? That was the kind of the common question because uh, he used to get annoyed with them and throw them out. So I don't know if we ever solved too many problems for him, but we used to laugh about the problems <laughs> that we created maybe. Um, sure. But, sure. Uh, but, uh, but so, so, so tell me a little bit about your parents and what the, what the businesses were that they were running. Well, I mean, so kind of somewhat similarly to you, uh, my, my old man, He's a dentist, and uh, and ran a practice, uh, yeah, since since the late eighties. Um, I mean, interestingly, he started that practice with his brother, who's also a dentist. And uh, I mean, lo and behold, uh, first lesson in business: uh, be careful about who you go into business with, and going into business with family is especially challenging uh, for its own set of reasons, right? So. Um, I mean, we don't need to get into that, but I certainly uh, had an uncle that I didn't speak to or the family didn't speak to for for my entire life or his entire life, I should say. Um, so, I mean, that's that's just one element. But, um, I mean, I was really fortunate. They did uh, property development, childcare centres. There was, I mean, you, they don't really have, not definitely not the same industry, but there aren't really many carryovers there either. Um, but a wealth of experience. Um, Childcare centres compared to dentistry is, is, yeah, different ends of the spectrum in a big way, in my belief. Yeah, although both very people-oriented and about solving people-related problems. Very uh, true, very true. For different areas. And I think that's, it it is amazing how you kind of gravitate towards those areas that uh, often a carry on from where your parents are. I think in in many of the episodes that we've explored with different guests, it's often there's a relationship between the uh, the kinds of work that your parents either did or aspired to do, and what mm. where you end up going, and that people focus and wanting to to focus on helping people and navigate that. I mean, there's there ex- it's an extensive portfolio of businesses. They are quite different. Obviously, dentistry to uh, to childcare is 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 very different mm-hmm. within itself, but uh, certainly taking care of people is central focus to that. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think in my soul searching after the last few years and and the interesting way that I landed doing what I'm doing, it comes down to something that I, I speak a lot to people about these days and and will, and what I mean about people is, is business owners, right? Is this transition from an operator to a bona fide business owner or leader where operators in my in my opinion or my belief uh, are people that were good at a job let's say right and and made that transition in scale terms right to doing to doing that job but at a business level without actually then transcending the next barrier into business leadership or business ownership which is a completely different mindset so even though you know running a dental practice and uh, running childcare centers are very two different operationally different businesses, the fundamentals of running a business are the same, right? You're still managing cash, debtors, creditors, right? Relationships with external parties, human capital, all that kind of stuff, which that for me is is true business ownership. And that's that's what I help a lot of people do is, is blast through that barrier of being a really good operator, you know, whatever their profession or skill set is, right? Being a great carpenter or plumber or whatever the case may be and blasting into, okay, yep, it's now you're a business owner, right? And the business owner has this skill set, right, to be able to achieve this kind of outcome, right? So a lot of people 
Um, and, and I'm sure there was a point in time historically where being a good operator, and I, you know what, I'm going to say it's it's still possible in the marketplace today just to be a really good operator and be really financially successful as well, right? To, to have financial certainty about your future and to also have a relatively risk-free business. But as, as competition increases, that's getting harder and harder to maintain at that level to then be able to go, okay, I've reached the limit of my understanding operationally or, or being that person that's good at that skill. It's time to get better at being a business leader. So uh, creating business plans and financial strategies around how to run a business, right, from a business perspective is, is really what I love helping people do. Yeah, and I think it's, it is something that often having that independent uh, view it can really make a huge difference because often we get so close in our own businesses that even though we think we've got something valuable in place, we often miss some other opportunities that might be there and and even some new business ideas that might be there. I, I was having a conversation earlier today uh, with someone and we were talking about another person's business that we're both familiar with and we were both sort of going, oh, wow, they could really do this, this, and this. And I guarantee you, knowing that person, that they've it's never occurred to them that they have these other businesses that could be created from what they already do uh, because it's taking that high-level perspective that is often, uh, as I said, does take that independent person to come in and, and give you that. Uh, and, and I think there's a misnomer. Uh, of people, and I find the same in the marketing space, that people think I must be able to do it myself. You're absolutely right. I mean, if I could have, if I had a solution to that problem other than just existing and and offering help to uh, to people, I'd be a, a very wealthy person. But I mean, that level of self awareness. Uh, I mean, and really, that defines my target market as well. Like people, people have come to the realization that they're at the end of their skill set. I think that's the best place where, you know, those external advisors, as you say, can come in and give those people uh, perspective, right, or at least gives them give them the structures and the systems and the tools or whatever the case may be, even just the space to think at that higher level to come up with those options or strategies that they wouldn't otherwise have been blind to see. I think I believe whilst, whilst there is absolutely a role for an advisor in a lot of these cases, no one wants to make uh, their clients reliant on them right so you really you really want to build the the processes and systems that they can go away and do this in perpetuity by themselves so i mean that that i think is is an, another i mean additional point to to really go uh, to really mention or emphasize is that the role of the external advisor um, is is really important in the beginning right uh, where when people try to diy or they have diy to this point getting them out of their, their, their comfort zone to, to that next stretch goal needs to be supported in some way, shape or form. The advisor can fulfill that role. But beyond that, you really need the tools and the structures and the systems to be passed upon the, the business owner so that they can, they can create those, uh, those returns or whatever the case may be in perpetuity without the constant advice of an advisor. With that said, though, I do, I do my broader vision is, to create a space for financial strategists to be more commonplace in the marketplace, just like accountants or lawyers or anything like that, when there is a time or place where a, a business owner needs that space to come up with those, those left field strategies or to, to remarket themselves or whatever the case may be to seek the advice of a financial strategist, just like they would their accountant. Yeah. It's a really important point that you make. And, and, um, 
I, I want to sort of discuss it on two levels. I mean, one, I think uh, very definitely the idea that businesses need to uh, bring in external experts is something that I'm extremely passionate about because I find too often there's a uh, there's a, an expectation that you can do everything. Uh, I've, I've likened this before to people and saying just because you've got a mobile phone in your pocket doesn't make you a photographer. Just because you can post on social media doesn't mean you're the greatest at it. Uh, just because, you know, you could follow a DIY kit to do your taxes, would you do it? No. And it's the same as, you know, we don't think twice, generally speaking, about going and getting our car serviced. Uh, you know, we, we accept that we do that. But why don't we do the same thing with, with businesses? Which brings me to the, with our business, which, which brings me to the point uh, that you raised um, is that idea of being self-aware and, and who you want to do that. So I want to ask you firstly then on that note, you talked about becoming self-aware in your journey. What led you to becoming self-aware? What was, And what was that process like for you? Um, honestly, it was it was an advisor. Um, I mean, I, I believe in practising what I preach and I reached out to someone. I, I think there is absolutely no shame in advisors having advisors, um, to be perfectly honest. And that advisor helped me understand. I mean, there was, there was this innate desire within me that I hadn't been able to articulate yet um, of why I was, I mean, unusual things. If, if How's this for unusualness, right? Every, even every girl that I've ever dated has been self-employed. Uh, I mean, I don't have any explanation for that other than I'm, I'm obviously attracted to people like that, right, that, that, that take the leap as a business owner, right, that, that take on those risks and responsibilities and things like that. So it was, it was, it was nothing internal in me other than a desire. And then the assistance of an advisor that helped me understand that by doing a lot of reflection and then helped me articulate it and things like that as to why I got into this space. So, I mean, yeah, I wish it was a bit more of a, um, I was on the top of a hill kind of moment. Uh, it, re it really, sunset. it really, it really is like that. But there certainly are critical moments where you where you realise that, and that someone does have an influence on you in that regard. And seeing, yes, if I were to, you know, if I do think about it, and that's an interesting, interesting parallel. And in saying, you know, that that who you've who you dated over the years, and and I think there's that that you know, it's often expressed that we end up dating people who are similar to our you know to our parent, to our mother or father, whatever's relevant. Um, and I suppose there are similar some similarities in that, although most of our partners would hate the idea of being compared to that <laughs> that person. So we dare not say Absolutely. that. Um, but um, you know, it's it is a really interesting journey of becoming self-aware. And I think that the challenge that you've got, and I think it's similar to myself and many other consultants in, in the space, is how do you actually find people that are self-aware? Um, because truly not many put, put their hand up and say and will say that. And um, you know, maybe there's a there's almost a subconscious self-awareness versus a real self-awareness. And I think you know you can I you and I can say, well, we're in that real self-awareness phase. And not as many will put up their hand and do that. But actually finding those people to admit that in at one level or another is is actually quite difficult. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um it's a it's a it's a small market. Um I mean ultimately 
when I'm trying to talk to the people that I want to talk to, you have to, I mean, and everyone does this. I mean, yourself, I'm just generalizing being a marketer, even though I know you do so much more than that, right, is 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 talking about the problems and things like that because people can really identify with that emotion, right? Yeah. So, I, I, I mean, I, I realize that's a very common strategy, but that's the way to, that's the way I do it, which then in a lot of ways through, through the development of business plans and things like that, you actually create a bit more self-awareness. Um, I mean, even just to get really micro and things like that, for, for those business owners that have run their businesses out of their minds for the last 10 or 15 years, sense checking and then empirically checking all those, you know, financial ratios that they were sure that their margins were X, Y, and Z, right? And then the data says something completely different. All of those little things, right, help them create a little bit more self-awareness as they become more aware um, of the way, I'm going to say this very harshly, uh, how reality is but i think you get what i'm saying there that yeah it's self-awareness is rare um but the the tools and the ways um the exploratory exercises and all those kinds of things that we we do as consultants right they hate to they help to create a bit more awareness even though it's not necessarily a 100 percent self-awareness for our clients it's it's a very difficult position to get yourself into because you know your ego tends to push you to uh over either do one of two things overextend your value or or severely underestimate it and so being self-aware to the point of of going i i truly do understand myself and my limitations and where i need to get help is a difficult one and 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 there are times in in businesses uh journey where you you uncover different elements of that i know certainly you know i've had a business coach for a number of years and um, that's added huge value to who I am as a business owner and having that resource there, um, you know, was absolutely critical. And, and I think that, you know, t- we're, we're moving into a period where times are going to get tougher for many businesses. There'll be a, um, a divide between those who are going to really flourish and those who are going to sink. The, the middle ground will disappear a little bit more, I think, than perhaps what has what has done. So that being self-aware is is more critical than ever. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I, I'd love to get your your thoughts on this, but in in my opinion, self-awareness, you know, it can't be forced or taught. Um, it's you 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 kind of as an advisor, you create the environment where um, an individual can find it or continue the way that they've always gone before so i mean uh, what's what's the what's the saying um necessity is the is the precursor of adaptation i've I probably butchered that but uh you you get my point and and as you say as we head into these more challenging or more challenging times necessity often right those emotional changes when when the environment gets uh more severe right uh either create the self-awareness through that adaptation right element or people end up exiting uh, in one way or another. So, yeah, I I think the biggest lesson is um, for everyone is really dealing with your own ego. Um, You know, it's, it's, it's putting that in a position where you can say, yes, I have an ego. And uh, it's doing one of two things, you know, as, as I said before, it's either, you know, overvaluing or underestimating, but ultimately it's there. And if you can sort of take a moment 
and pull yourself out of that, then you you start to understand your position a little bit more. But I think it is also about spending time with, you know, and it sounds like what we both do in different ways. And when you have a realisation of some respect, it's what you then choose to do with it. You know, I've had uh, a number of clients who have revealed things over a period of time and gone, this makes sense as to why I'm doing all of this stuff. And when you share that story and make that story integral to their business, it reminds them constantly and attracts more people towards them. But you have to be prepared to to not only take the mask off, but um, to be out there with that along the way. Um, it's it's a difficult one, but it is one that is, um, I think, a really important part of the success of any business. I completely agree. I really, I really resonate with that. Um, what I wanted to just ask you before we wrap things up is um, when it comes, and I guess we've kind of touched on this in lots of different ways, when it comes to clients that have started working with you, uh, is there a real aha moment for them that in many respects you wish other people knew in advance that they were going to have that and maybe more people would line up to work with you? Yeah, um, I'm, I'm not sure if it's a, if it's a moment, but uh, I mean, the saying trust the process is, I, I, I definitely say that to a lot of people. Um, so when they realise that that the process does work and that being being structured and robust about every decision that they make in their business. Um, I mean, we haven't really spoken about it uh, today, but a lot of what building business plans and financial strategies is about, right, is is giving people the ability to be uh, responsive rather than reactive. Mm. So the aha moment comes from the fact that they've been doing something one way and they realise there's actually a completely different way to, to do it going forward. And it's... And, as long as they stick to the process, right, it, it will happen for them. Such an important lesson for people to learn. And we could spend a whole, uh, you know, an whole episode or two or three probably talking about how you actually ingrain all of that as well and, and doing that um, because it's not an easy thing to do. And uh, we all, I'm sure, struggle with it um, at, at different times, except to say that um, if you're wanting to change a habit, then or introduce a new one, then you've got to build it on the back of one that is already working for you. So it's a bit like if you if you have to remember if you want to remember to um, you know hang a towel up every day, then you know you're brushing your teeth every day. Then if you hang it on the back of something you're doing every day, you're likely to do that. Whereas trying to do it independently is much much more challenging. Finding those things in business is a little bit more difficult than brushing your teeth, sadly. But uh, but it exactly. is finding but, but the it rewards is there if you can master it. Yeah, absolutely, Gerard. It's been an absolute pleasure having you on the program, and and I really appreciate the the insights that you've given us. Not only to I guess the self awareness that you've had, but how that journey helps in the businesses that you work with. So so thank you so much for being part of of Biz Bites, and uh, for everyone listening in, we will oh, thank have. You, thank you for having me on. Yeah, and uh, for everyone listening in, we will have, of course, a copy of various ways to get in touch with Gerard and um, his uh, his business as well, including some, uh, you know, an offer to uh, to work with him by uh, having a look on our website and all the show notes attached to that. Uh, thank you again for being part of the program, and uh, to everyone out there, we look forward to having you as part of BizBytes next time. BizBytes is brought to you by Com Together 
for all your marketing needs so you can build your brand, engage audiences on multiple platforms. Go to comtogether.com.au, follow the links to book an appointment for a free consultation.